Coming up, we're going to be talking about the premiere of Star Wars Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. We're talking about Hulu sharing some content with Disney+, Plus and much more. But before we go any further, make sure you do hit that subscribe button to keep up with the latest Disney Plus news. Okay, so let's kick things off talking about Ahsoka. So last week we had a double episode premiere on Disney+, Plus, and um, it was a great show. I really enjoyed those first two episodes. Um, but Disney did do something a little bit different with the release of this show. They released it about six hours earlier than normal. Not a huge thing you might think, but what happened then, instead of dropping at midnight um, Pacific time, it ended up dropping at 6pm, which meant it was then in prime time slot, so people in on um, the west coast were able to enjoy it um, in the evening, and also those on the east coast, it would drop about 9 o'clock at night, so therefore pretty much America and Canada, and the rest of Latin America as well, could all enjoy it in an evening rather than kind of avoiding spoilers all day and watching it the next day. Now obviously this was done primarily to try to increase the viewership of the show because um, this is kind of one of those issues that Disney has where it's a global platform so whenever you drop it it's never good for everybody and so they've always been dropping them around about uh, three o'clock in the morning east coast time which allowed for the servers to be at their lowest and therefore you know, less people were able to get onto it, so therefore it meant that the system pretty much was able to handle And that's been something they've been doing for years. And I think they'll continue doing that for most new releases. Now, according to Samba TV, they're saying that 1.2 million US households watched the first episode of Ahsoka which is puts it on par with how many people tuned in for um, Andor, a little bit below the 30s of The Mandalorian, which was watched by 1.6 million US households over the first five days, but it's massively down on the, how many people viewed the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere, which is over 2 million subscribers, so a big difference. Um, now, obviously, this is based on US households. It is not based on viewers, so you could have five people watching in the house, so you could have one. There's a bit of a difference. Also, this data does not represent what Disney Plus puts out. This is just based on Samba's TV and where they do research on um, a few thousand households and kind of basically average it up and kind of do a load of math stuff to kind of work out the average of what it is. So it could be very different from Disney Plus's numbers. It also only represents um, sort of the US, it doesn't represent people in other countries. So the viewership overall will obviously be much higher. How many people check it out after that, etc. So these are just kind of ballpark numbers, and this is why there's so many issues with like um, streaming numbers of people wanting to get hold of real data, rather than kind of having to rely on companies like Nielsen and Stream and Samba, etc., to kind of come up with this information. So overall, the viewership um, is obviously down on previous shows and shows that you know they didn't really necessarily pull in many new viewers. Not a huge surprise since it's kind of pulling in on lots of stories and storylines from the animated series, so it's a little bit harder for new fans to jump into it. Though they can still do that. I mean, I think it's, it, it does explain stuff pretty well. But yeah, it's the kind of thing generally of just viewership is not where you'd expect it to be um, compared to previous shows. But there's a couple of things I want to bring up here about comparing it to previous shows. Um, obviously comparing to anything that came out during the pandemic is not really true to life because that was a time when we were all locked in and we couldn't do anything but watch streaming. So therefore the numbers were much higher. And this isn't just for Disney Plus and Marvel and Star Wars. This is across the board. Um, all the different streaming platforms and channels and stuff are all showing much less people watching than a few years ago and that's just because people are out there going to work you know they're living their lives and don't need to just watch streaming tv shows like we did back in the pandemic so that's obviously something 
But in general, viewership is not so high. And I would say that, you know, did the viewership moving to six hours earlier for primetime, did it make a big impact? Less than a million people also tuned in for the second episode. I don't know. I mean, personally for me, it didn't make any massive difference because it just dropped at two o'clock in the morning rather than eight o'clock in the morning. So I still watched it. Um, so it doesn't really gonna make any difference when the new episode drops um, overnight for me tonight. Tomorrow morning, I will watch it. Um, it doesn't really make too much difference, that, to be honest. But yeah, it's kind of a bit of a weird one. I'm not entirely sure if the viewership was up. Maybe there was more social media um, discussion about the show and all the rest of it. I know tomorrow is going to be a situation, and I'm sure most of us internationally, we try and avoid spoilers. But that's been pretty much the case that we've had to deal with this for years because, you know, life comes in and when you can watch a show always is a little bit tricky. But where was... Moving to prime time, did it work? Well, I would probably say right now, it doesn't look like it did, but we can't really compare because, you know, how would have it done without those numbers? Um, I'm not sure. I would. Be, if Disney never came out with an announcement saying that it's done a lot better, which to me is usually an indication that it um, hasn't because Disney only tends to toot the horn about successes. They don't tend to stay, say stuff. Um, if it didn't, um, we'll see if they do the same thing with Loki and with and maybe some of the other shows. If they don't do it with Loki and other shows, maybe they just don't think it's worth it. Maybe it put the uh, servers under more stress, more uh, marketing issues with doing um, the release date, etc. I don't know. It's a very, very tricky situation with how they all do this. Yeah, I think generally dropping in the evening for the US audience seems that I would imagine would get more buzz about the show and maybe that has helped. But I don't know, it, it, as, as it stands, I would have expected the viewership to be a little bit higher than it was, but we're just going to have to wait and see how it rolls out over the next few weeks with the series rolling and with more people coming into it. Also as well with the Nielsen numbers, when they get released, we could be able to compare it to other shows a little bit better. But yeah, do you think it worked? I'm not so sure it did. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all this in the comments below. Moving on from there, let's now talk about Once Upon a Time because Disney has announced that the entire series is going to be heading over to Hulu on the 1st of September. It's still going to be available on Disney Plus in the US, but they're going to be sharing it. And it's kind of like a weird one because I'll be honest, I kind of assumed it was on there. I didn't really think it wouldn't be. But obviously when they moved the show off of Netflix, it went to Disney Plus and, you know, it's one of the few kind of TV shows you can watch on Disney Plus in the US because there's not that many of them. So they're going to be sharing it. I think this just adds to that whole idea of the lines between Hulu and Disney Plus are blurring and, you know, just trying to get Hulu subscribers more used to like the Disney kind of content. Um, it'd be nice if some of the Hulu content also went the other way a bit more to Disney Plus. I think that would be a better option as well. Get them more used to more mature stuff. They don't seem to be doing a lot of that at the minute. But also putting it onto Hulu means they can get some more money from advertising when people are watching because most people on Hulu are on the um, ad supported tier. And hopefully they get a little bit boost of it. You know, we've seen what's happened with um, Suits, which has had a massive boost um, since it went over to Netflix. Um, so yeah, just popping it onto Hulu is just going to increase viewership for this old show. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little thing. But again, we just need more stuff going the other way from the big green monster over to Disney+. Plus. Definitely need a little bit more of that. But let me know what you think of that in the comments below. Let's now talk about a brand new Disney Octave Collective series called Drive with a Switch Splits, which is going to be premiering on the 16th of November exclusively on Hulu in the United States, on Star Plus in Latin America, and on Disney Plus around the world. All six episodes will be available to stream and feature domestic and global locations, including Los Angeles, New York, Houston, Atlanta, Japan, and Saudi Arabia. 
in this brand new series. Hip hop legend and car collector Swiss and his son visit car loving destinations where they examine the area's distinctive car culture. And they bring together two different car clubs over the shared love of all things automotive and the appreciation for what it's like to beat the odds of driving through sheer drive alone. Are you going to be checking out this show? Let me know in the comments below. I mean, personally, for me, it's not generally in the stuff that I'm that interested in. I'm not that fond of cars, just as whatever gets me from A to B is usually enough. But I'm going to check these episodes out, see what the show's like. I'll probably check out the Japanese episode. I think that's, for me, something a little bit more interesting, a little bit of the culture difference, etc. So I think that's definitely one I'm going to check out. If I'm going to watch one episode from the show, see what it's like, that'll be the one I'm going to go for. But yeah, let me know. Are you going to watch it? Let me know in the comments below. Let's now talk about what's new on Disney Plus today. So on Disney Plus around the world and on Hulu in the United States and on Star Plus in Latin America, we got a new episode of Only Murders in the Building. So this one was very much a mid-flow episode. There wasn't really a huge amount going on here. They kind of moved the story around a little bit more, a little bit more. Each, each character, the three of them all had their own individual thing that they were going on with and just trying to get it. Moving things along, but nothing really happened that it was that too exciting. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of a, a bit of a, a lighter episode in terms of just moving the story along. I don't know if they necessarily needed some of it, but yeah, it, it wasn't the best episode, but I'm hopefully in the long run this series kind of um, delivers what um, I'm hoping from it. Because at the minute, it's, we're a little bit all over the place with it. But yeah, are you watching Only Murders in the Building? Love to know your thoughts on that. And just remember, as I mentioned earlier, Ahsoka is coming later tonight in the US and in Canada for the rest of us outside of the Americas. It'll be here on Wednesday and we'll talk about that one tomorrow. Okay, let's now jump in today's comment of the day. Tandar says, I think people need to rethink their relationship with streaming. Streaming is not the place for new. It's proven to be a feasible impossible. It's where your old favorites go to live forever. Now there's definitely a few things in that comment that I kind of wanted to pick out for. First off, stream forever. Whew. I think we definitely much have to look at this and go, streaming might not be forever. Streaming is right now the number one thing and it's growing and more people are gonna use it. But who's to say in 20, 30 years time, what we're gonna, how we're gonna be watching? We could be watching things on different platforms. How we watch could be different, who knows? No one could have envisioned streaming 30 plus years ago. No one would have even known what that was. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go with forever and the shows and stuff, you know, they can come and go if they, you know, we've seen that in the past. It doesn't always have to stick around. So I definitely, yeah. And I have lived through many different television formats over my um, years and things do change. You know, the days of having Betamax and VHS and stuff, you know, we all thought they were gonna be forever, but that didn't turn out to be the case. So things do change, it's definitely not gonna... I think the whole idea of changing the way we think of streaming, I think a lot of this comes back to the idea that when we first got Netflix and we were first introduced to it, when it first launched, you know, back years and years ago, we were paying a low monthly fee with access to a huge collection of DVDs online. And it was great. We had full access to so many stuff. You couldn't get access to everything, but you had a massive collection and you didn't have ads and it was cheap and it was great. And people really started to move over to it because it was so convenient. I mean, I used to have the DVDs coming through the post, used to go to the video shop. It was just convenient. Um, but as times moved on, more and more things have come over to it. And the world of television has changed because the, the simple reason was why Netflix was able to be so cheap at the time was because the studios were still making all their money off of home video and theater, and also more importantly, off of linear television. They were, that was still paying for everything. 
But now we've shifted and now streaming has to pay itself. It has to essentially cover those costs. I think the idea of new is, I do think new is that, you know, we are gonna be going um, to streaming services for new shows. You're still gonna need to have those big key moments to kind of get you in and get you subscribed. You know, a new show will drop and, you know, if I'm really interested in it, I might sign up for that um, service. Usually if there's two or three shows, that's when I'm more likely gonna be jumping in and picking up a subscription. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just waiting for something else to drop on Apple TV to make it worth it so I can watch this third season of Ted Lasso. Maybe, or either that or I, when, I, when we eventually upgrade our phones. But yeah, so they get those kind of things and I do feel like we're at a point where Streaming, we're having to change how we watch stuff. You know, the way linear television is no longer can fund what we used to have. And people are upset about it. You know, people are going back to the idea of, you know, that they didn't want cable, they don't want to go back to it. The simple truth is cable used to work for the companies to pay for everything. And the streaming platforms paying under $10 a month for access to a catalog is not enough money to warrant what they're offering. And so costs are gonna to have to go up. And there's a bit of realism coming in there that I think we're all having to come to terms with. How many subscriptions you can um, subscribe to? You know, how many do you realistically need? Um, and it's not just with um, the idea of just with your streaming platforms, there's lots of other subscriptions. Cause yeah, I might have Disney Plus and I have Netflix, but I also have WWE and I have PlayStation Plus and I have Warhammer Plus and I, you know, I have all these different subscribe subscription platforms and there's only so many I can have and each one has to do its own little thing you know I have Spotify I have YouTube premium um some of them I need some of them I don't need um I probably could get rid of Spotify because YouTube premium kind of has the music but it's again just change your platform and you kind of get used to it but yeah you've all got these different different platforms and you know do you need Paramount Plus do you need you know all these different ones and we are seeing them all starting to consolidate but unfortunately that does mean the prices are going to have to go up adverts pay for this stuff and i think we all had very much a case of we were spoiled with a system that was just you know it was great and we all enjoyed it but i think the simple truth honest truth is it wasn't sustainable and i feel like a lot of people have got you know they're having especially you know maybe you're a bit younger than me you maybe haven't had to pay for satellite or, or cable television and therefore have got used to this cheap entertainment and can't quite you know you're like well it's like when people say, well, if I have to subscribe to everything, it's the same as cable. And it's like, it's not, because cable made you pay for like ESPN if you didn't want to watch it. If you only want to watch Netflix, you can watch Netflix. If you want to watch something on Paramount+, Plus, you can subscribe for a, a month and then come off of it. You can do the same for other ones. Though I did notice the other day, I was looking at, because I was looking at maybe changing from like Sky down to Now TV. And it's like they're offering like, you know, you can sign up for like six months at a slightly cheaper price if you do a six months package so they're starting to change but yeah i do think streaming we are having to change our minds to how it works how it all comes together but yeah i'd love to know your thoughts do you think this is right do you what do you think is what's going on now with streaming i'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this in the comments below anyway guys thank you very much for watching make sure you go check us out over at what's on at disneyplus.com and i'll see you guys soon later